Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 67 of the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tina Romero Jr., a.k.a. The Graveyard Grumbler. Today's episode, we are continuing with our serial, our female serial killer theme. I told you that the next several episodes are going to be showing love to the female serial killers. With all due, I mean, we we have to we have to give them all due respect. So today we are doing the we're doing arsenic nanny, aka the giggling granny, or better known as Nanny Dawes. You know, I've never actually heard of Nanny Dawes, but then again. There's a lot of serial killers that I didn't really hear about, female serial killers that I didn't hear about until I started showing the love to the female serial killer. So today, Nanny Dawes. Who is Nanny Dawes? Nanny was born on November 4th, 1905 in Blue Mountain, Alabama, now part of Anniston, Alabama, as Nancy Hazel to Louisa and James F. Hazel. Nanny was one of five children. She had one brother and three sisters, so a typical family. I mean, the five kids is pretty big, but back in the day, you had to have a lot of, not had to, but you didn't exactly Netflix and, and chill. You kind of wagon wheeled and chilled, you know what I mean? So either way, someone was knocking boots. Both Nanny and her mother hated James, who was a controlling father and husband. James would force the children to work on the family farm instead of attending school, resulting in Nanny's poor academic performance. Unfortunately, back in those days, a lot of people had very poor education. Usually the, I mean, usually, typically, pretty much, the only people that really were able to succeed academically were the ones who were better off financially. That I mean, the reason being is they didn't have to have their siblings in, or, or themselves as, as young children work on the family farm. Instead, they were able to hire somebody and, and get it taken care, of, taken care of for them. So when you're not you're not well off, you have to you have to do what you have to do and have you and the family work on the family farm, which I mean something has to sacrifice. You can't go to school in the morning and then work on the farm at night. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. You have to get it done all day, every day, 24 hours a day. You know what I mean? And just it's kind of shitty. I mean, it shouldn't be that way, but I mean, I'm glad things have changed, you know, a little bit for the better. At age seven, while the family was taking a train to visit relatives in southern Alabama, Nanny hit her head on the metal bar on the seat in front of her when the train suddenly stopped. For years after, she suffered severe headaches, blackouts, and depression. She blamed these and her mental instability on the accident. That, you know, that is not an uncommon theme. Head injuries tend to change people's, I mean, severe head injuries have been known to change people attitude, personality, and develop issues that they've never had before. The brain controls every single thing in your entire fucking body. So if something like that were to happen, it's more than likely, I mean, it's pretty safe to say that something suffering, a, a mood change, an attitude change, or developing mental illness from a brain injury is not uncommon. A lot of people have, I mean, I've read incidences where they took on a completely different persona to where they're not even the same person they were prior to or pre-head injury. I mean, it's, it's crazy to know that a, a bump to your head strong enough and, and with enough force can actually change the, the entire being of who you are. 
your entire way of thinking, your entire attitude, your entire speech, your body movement, everything. So no, it is not uncommon for, for things to happen like that when, when people get, get hand injuries. And I, I 100% wholeheartedly believe that her head injury was a result to how she ended up later on in life. During childhood, her favorite hobby was reading her mother's romance magazines and dreaming of her, of her own romantic future. Later, her favorite part was the Lonely Hearts column. Now, for a lot of people, the Lonely Hearts column was uh, kind of like a, what, what Tinder is now. Tinder is, uh, you know, a... a pretty much a dating app the lonely hearts column were were wanted or not wanted ads but they were ads for people looking for relationships and dates a lot of people would go through that through magazines or some parts of newspaper depending on where you're at and they would they, they wouldn't be able to swipe right they'd circle it with the pen and and you know send them a pigeon a, a telegram or ringing them up I, I don't i don't know how they did it back in the day but that was that was their their tinder back in the day was was the lonely hearts column and that was her favorite part was reading about people who were looking for love. That's cr- I mean, that's crazy. What, what is that song? I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. I'm wigging out and stabbing people's faces. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's the, how the song goes, but I just like to freestyle. So <laughs> Nanny's father forbade the Hazel sisters from wearing makeup and attractive clothing as he believed it would prevent them from being molested by men. He also forbade, forbade them to go to dances and other social events. Yeah, that's great. Let's reinforce, which I fucking hate when, when men, boys, guys, the male gender says stupid ass shit like, oh, well, she got raped because of what she was wearing. No, you fucking moron. She was raped because the person who raped her was depraved and couldn't help his fucking uh, mood and, and, and actions. What a woman wears gives no man the right to rape her because she's she's fucking wearing whatever she. I mean, the, she can be she can be stark as buck as naked. That does not give the man permission or right or justification to rape a female. It's fucking stupid. It doesn't matter if they're caked up in makeup. It doesn't matter if they're walking or like I said, there doesn't matter if they're walking around butt ass naked. That does not give a man the right to fucking go rape, go rape a woman. It doesn't make any sense. And I can't stand when I hear that shit. I mean, I've been hearing that shit more and more and more and more. Well, she got what she deserved because of what she's wearing. Fuck you, you piece of shit. No, she, she got raped because the, the individual that raped her was a piece of shit and couldn't control his fucking emotions and his cravings and temptations. And he's a, he's a fucking Cretan, the scum of the fucking earth. I do apologize. I just really hate rape, and I really hate when I hear when I hear men, mate, or not even men, because they're not men. Fuck those guys who think they're men, because they're not men. They're not. There's nothing about them that makes them a man. Not whoever rapes anybody is not a man. Not close to it. Never will be. Never has been. And they can fucking die off somewhere in the in the backwoods, being burned. I don't give a fuck. Fuck those guys. I just can't stand that shit. And for this guy to to make it seem like what they were wearing and what they were doing was a res- would result in them being raped is stupid. I mean, that's that's extreme psychological damage to the to the kids. And again, but we we've seen it several times where 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 a family dynamic is so fucked up that it has a direct impact on how the kids are are brought up and raised. And in this case, you know, it's 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 gearing that way, although it's not as bad as we've seen it in other cases, but it's still fucked up. 
Don't wear makeup or sexy clothes because you're going to get molested. Fuck off. How about the guys control themselves and don't do it? It's that simple. It's that fucking simple. So let's get to the killing spree. I mean, this was a pretty good, like I said, this, all the research that I did was, was really quick. It went, it cut right to the, to the, to the source and let's just dive into this shit. The beginning of her killing run. When, when did she start killing? Cause I mean, yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> Nanny was first married at age 16 to Charlie Braggs, her coworker at a linen factory. With her father's approval, they married after four months of dating. Braggs was the only son of a single mother who insisted on continuing to live with him after he married. Hold the fuck on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, I love my mother-in-law. She's a wonderful woman. She really is. She's, she's welcomed me into her, her heart and home ever since we got, I got married to my wife 20 years ago. However, I know very well that a mother-in-law or not a mother-in-law, but someone, even my mom, even my own mom would never dream of moving in with me and my newlywed wife because she wanted to be there with us. Fuck that. I mean, I love my, I love my mom and I love my mother-in-law, but unless they absolutely had no other place to live, because I mean, it sounds like they, are, they still had a house to live in and, and the mother-in-law just said, hey, I'm going to come in and I'm going to join you because I can. No, it sounds like Mr. Uh, Braggs here had some fucking mommy issues that were unresolved and mommy could not let her son go. And that's not good for marriage. But who the fuck gets married after four months of marriage? Number one. Okay. I know that there's a few small little statistics where people dated out only a few months and shortly after that, they were, they got married, which is amazing. I mean, congratulations for those people who, who after a short period of time, got married but four months four months and you didn't even know the person i mean four months you're still breaking in the 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 relationship you're still breaking in how to act i mean i'm pretty sure i mean i don't know about about back then but i mean i don't know yeah i don't know about back then but i mean after four months you might not have even seen you haven't even seen each other naked but you're gonna get married the fuck out of here and because the dad approved of it fuck him too that's God damn. I don't, I don't understand how, how arranged marriages or, I mean, I, I don't even think it was an, an arranged marriage. I think it was who the dad felt was a good fix for her husband. Fuck you. You're not dating him. You're not her. How are you going to give, yeah, you can go ahead and marry my daughter after four months and she's only 14. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Nanny later wrote, I married as my father wished in 1921 to a boy I only knowed about four or five months who had no family, only a mother who was unwed and who had taken over my life completely when she when we were married. She never seen anything wrong with what she'd done, but she would take spells. She would not let my own mother stay all night. How the fuck is a mother-in-law going to have control over the husband and wife's house to where you can't even let the bride's mom spend a night in her own fucking house? Get the fuck out of here. I mean, a lot of people don't really see anything wrong with that, but I mean, let me, hold on, let me take that back. Rewind. A lot of people might have seen a big problem with that, but a lot of people won't do anything about it for whatever fear they have or whatever reason that they, that, that they choose. They just won't fix the situation. Maybe they think it's true love, maybe not. I, you know, it, whatever the case is, 
I don't think that that was a healthy relationship <laughs> at any point in time. <laughs> Bragg's mother took up a lot of his attention and limited Nanny's activities. The marriage produced four daughters from 1923 to 1927. How, how is a mother going to limit the, the kids, the, the, the wife's activities? That's what I want to know. But then different times with different actions. Back in the day, there, there's a lot of things where elders did this and older people did this and blah, blah, blah. Nowadays, it's a lot different. Now, you know, I mean, okay, when back then, the, the, whole, the whole you need to respect your elders thing was, was, was bright and true and everybody had to respect their elders no matter what. You know, no matter what the elders did, the elders deserved and demanded respect. I mean, that's what we were taught growing up. At least that's what I was taught growing up. I was always taught, you know, you need to respect your elders because they're older than you, you know, blah, 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 blah. But from now, since I've been, I've, I've experienced a lot in my, in my 39 years of life, I realized, fuck a lot of the elders. A lot of the elders don't deserve respect just because they're old. A lot of people, a lot of elders take advantage of that saying and want to abuse the, the so-called demanded respect. You know, a lot of I, I've, I've taught my kids, you know, just you, you, you know, be courteous to an elder. But if they disrespect you by any means or, or, or free will, you are not to sit there and tolerate being disrespected just because they're older. You give the older people the same respect they give you. If they, if an older person cannot respect someone younger than them, then they don't, differ, they don't deserve respect. That's the bottom fucking line. I mean, I don't believe in just because they're older, they automatically get this un, undenying or unbothered fucking or respect. I can't think of the word right now. I, I don't think that just because you're older than someone, that automatically warrants a, an a, immunity to doing anything wrong or being disrespectful of somebody else, and you should always get this undying respect. Fuck that. I told my kids plenty of times, look, if someone is disrespecting you, don't, you don't need to respect them. You know, don't, don't treat them the same way they treat you. If they treat you with respect, then Hey, by all means, make sure that you, you know, that, that you treat them with the utmost respect as well. But if they disrespect you, they can fuck off. You can, you're, you're not obligated to sit there and, and take it and, and still have respect for them. Fuck. No, that's why I don't, I don't, I don't understand how someone like that can, I don't know, can run, can run someone's life. And, you know, there, there's, you know, the, the whole monster-in-law bullshit and all this other crap. It, it, it you know, they, they go with those, those titles for a reason. It's not just because, oh, you know, you're, they're your mom and I hate you. No, it's not even that. It's literally because they have done so much fucked up shit that they can't help but <laughs> the, be, be given a fucked up title. You know what I mean? The stressed out nanny started drinking and her casual smoking habit became a heavy addiction. Both unhappy partners correctly suspected each other of infidelity and Braggs often dis disappeared for days and days. Okay, you know, that's a real common thing. I mean, you have two young couples, you have two young people, a young couple, they, the mom is driving one of them crazy, rather be, you know, in this case, it's, a, it's, the, it's the wife who's being driven up the wall by by her mother-in-law. And so you, and if you never, if you've never married for love, you're married just because of, I don't know, getting out of the house or, or it was comfortable or the situation was appropriate. And you know, anything other than love, you're not going to have that much dedication or attachment and, and work towards something that's going to be happier and better. 
And in this case, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of saw that as soon as I read that they got married after four months. Yeah, statistically, they're going to go around and fuck around on each other. That's, that's just, you're looking for something that you don't have, or you're curious to know what else is out there. So you're going to go out looking around. In this case, it was for both parties. And so I could only imagine how annoying and difficult it was to try to be a happy, a happy married couple, but have the mother-in-law basically under the, under her thumb or have the, have her daughter-in-law or her, yeah, her, her daughter-in-law under her thumb and not being able to do anything. Yeah. Fuck. I don't, I, I don't understand. I, I don't, I see clearly why they, why she, they cheated. Makes sense. I mean, fuck that. In 1927, the couple lost their two middle girls to suspected food poisoning. Soon after, Bragg took firstborn daughter Melvina and fled, leaving newborn Florine behind. Huh. Suspected food poisoning, huh? I wonder if, uh, if Nanny did it. I, I wonder how disconnected or how fucked up you would have to be in order to poison your own children. If, I mean, I'm not saying that she did. However, I'm not saying that she didn't. You know, we, we're, that's why we're, she's, on, she's on the Grumbler podcast today because we need to figure out what, what she did and what she didn't do. How, how disconnected or how fucked up can an, an individual be to where they, they are, they're able to cross that line and kill their own kids? It, it's like that, that, that new killer that just uh, in Colorado, what's his name? Something Watts, Chris Watts or Mike Watts or some shit like that where he killed his wife and two young kids, stuck them in, in, the, in an oil barrel and left them out on an oil lease out there in Colorado. All so he can have dedicated time with his mistress. Fuck that guy too. Fuck that motherfucker. But in this case, you, you, you're, you're going to cross the line. So, oh, but do we blame it on, or not blame it, but do we attribute that to the mental health issues and to her head injury? Or was she always destined to do something that fucked up? You know what I mean? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, that's... But I mean, I've always wondered that. Whenever I hear about parents killing their own kids, I wonder how can someone cross that line or be so disconnected with reality and not have that feeling? I mean, I'm a cold-hearted motherfucker. Don't get me wrong. But I can never, ever, and I can guarantee this 1,000 bazillion per, uh, percent, I would never and could ever, could never, ever, ever, ever fucking hurt my wife or my kids. There's no way. I, I could never do that. But, and, and, and for, the, for people who can just do that and seem just, just with, with, relatively, with relative ease, crazy, crazy. Bragg's mother died not much later and Nanny took a job in a cotton mill to support Florine and herself. All right, so I mean, I'm going to pretty much, uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm pretty sure she killed the mother-in-law. <laughs> you know, it makes sense that that with so much shit going on and so much problems happening over and over and over and over, yeah, I mean, she is a serial killer. So, I mean, one and one make two, a square block goes into a square hole. So I'm pretty sure she she offed her mother-in-law just for, <laughs> just for that reason. I, mean, I think it's safe to say. Bragg's always maintained he left her because he was frightened of her. Well, yeah. If you, you know, a lot of people who think they're all big and bad and tough and, and, you know, I'm a badass motherfucker or there's a lot of times where men say, oh, you know, I'm afraid of my wife and all this other crap. You know, some of it is true, but a lot of the times I believe that you can see when there's a disconnect or a coldness in someone's eyes. (laughs) 
there's a certain look and a certain way that they will look at you, which would probably send chills down a lot of people's spine. And Don and Annie's husband, or Nanny's husband, excuse me, Nanny's husband probably saw that a few times they were arguing or just sat there staring at her and realized, damn, she's fucking crazy. She's going to kill me one day and I'm not even going to see it coming. So I'm pretty sure she, he saw that inside of her, inside of her eyes and realized, yo, if I don't leave, th- this shit's going to get bad for me, you know? you can just see you can see shit like that you can just see things that especially when you spend a lot of time with somebody you can just tell with certain looks that this person is that has a little there's something wrong in the back of their head and they're probably gonna fucking kill him nanny's daughter melvina gave birth to a son in 1943 another baby followed two years later but died soon afterward Exhausted from labor and groggy from ether, Melvina thought she saw her visiting mother stick a hat pin into the baby's head. When she asked her husband and sister for clarification, they said Nanny had told them the baby was dead and they noticed that she was holding a pin. The doctors, however, couldn't give a positive explanation. How? Again, you're killing someone cold-heartedly and not not having any remorse you this is a newborn baby and the and the and the mom the grandmother of the child kills the little boy sticks him in the fucking head with a hat pin and kills the how can someone right there in front of everyone holding this child seeing the little cooey coo cry cry boo boo eyes kill this innocent child you know I, I mean, I'm, boy, I tell you, it, it, it's really difficult for me to try to have an explanation for all of my listeners. It's just one of those things that I can't register in my head how and why. And, okay, so, I mean, if, if you look up a lot of different things, there's, there's a lot of different t- uh, ways that people can get killed. And one of the famous ways, or not famous ways, but one of the ways that I've consistently read was that if you take a very sharp object, a knife, a pin, or not a knife, but a, an ice pick or a very sharp, pointy instrument of some sort, you're able to stick it at the at the very back of the neck. You know, it's right where the spinal column and the and the skull meet, right, right at the very top, right in your neck area, right in that little bulge. And if you stick it in there, you can scramble people's brain and you can, you know, actually kill them. And it's really difficult for doctors to find that. Allegedly, this was back a few years ago that I read this, and I've been told this by a few other people who were infatuated with true crime and serial killers. I don't know how accurate that is, and I don't know how true that is, but in this case, it seems like it's pretty truthful. It's pretty accurate since Nanny was able to kill her grandchild with a fucking hat pin. You know, I mean, it, it, a lot of people who think, oh, well, you know, it's just a little pin. No, I mean, look up hat pins, and you'll, you'll see how thick and long the, needles, the needle really is. And a, a baby soft skull isn't going to be able to stop the penetration of such such a sharp object how can how can you stand there and lie to your own child those like yo why isn't my kid crying anymore oh this kid's dead but knowing 100 that you actually killed the child but you didn't say anything how oh, I, I it's crazy that blows my fucking mind blows my fucking mind 
Melvina started dating a, dating a soldier. The grieving parents unfortunately separated. So Melvina said, fuck it, I'm going to start dating other people. I just can't get over it. I don't want to be with you anymore. Nanny disapproved of him. And while Melvina was visiting her father after a particularly nasty fight with her mother, her son, Robert, died mysteriously under Nanny's care on July 7th, 1945. The death was diagnosed as asphyxia from unknown causes, and two months later, Nanny collected $500 life insurance she had taken out on Robert. What the fuck? She killed her own son? Robert died mysteriously under Nanny's care on July 7, 1945. Goddamn. She just fucking offed him, said, yo, I'm done. You're done. Boom. $500. Now, remember, this was back in the 1940s, 1930s, so... Uh, yeah, 1930s, 1940s, that $500 was a lot of money back then. I think $500 now might equal to a few hundred or a few thousand dollars, maybe a few hundred thousand dollars now. So, God damn. In 1945, Japan surrendered to the Allied powers at the end of World War II, and Harrelson was among the most robust partiers. After an evening of particularly heavily, heavy drinking, he raped Nandy. Now, Harrelson was, one of, was a husband, I think it was her second husband, I believe, yeah, they started meeting together, or they started uh, dating each other. They, they met up, and you know, they, they got married and you know, you know, supposedly tried to live it happily ever after. So after an evening of particularly heavy drinking, he raped Nanny. The next day, she discovered Harrelson's corn whiskey jar buried in the ground as she tended to her rose garden. The rape had been the last straw for her. She took the jar and topped it off with rat poison. As a result, Harrison died that evening. I can't blame her for killing someone who raped her. I'm not... I, I know I've, time and time again, I've always, I've always said that I'm not for murder. I mean, someone who murders someone, who kills someone out of cold blood never deserves to be killed. I mean, innocent people who get murdered are not... They shouldn't be killed. However... Uh, unfortunately, I have no problem with with abusers being murdered. I really don't. It's kind of like if, if if the justice system isn't going to do it, then street justice needs to be be taken care of. You know, I'm I'm 100 without a doubt. If you're able to prove that this individual actually did it, then I'm all for hey, this, he needs to get taken out. Bottom line, he or she, but you know, male or female, if they're abusers, they need to get fucking taken out. And in this case, Harrelson raped his own wife and she killed him. Topped it off with, with rat poisoning and said, yo, go to sleep. Sun's getting real low, buddy. Sun's getting real low. I wonder if as, as, as Harrelson was dying, if she said, Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. I killed this fool for raping me and now I'll never see him again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm just, I'm just trying to spice it up because it was kind of a, a dark. <laughs> this is a pretty dark episode. Well, a lot of my episodes are dark. I like it that way. Nanny met her third husband, Arlie Lanning, through a Lonely Hearts column while traveling in Lexington, North Carolina. Oh, hold on, repeat that. Nanny met her third husband, Arlie Lanning, through a Lonely Hearts column while traveling in Lexington, North Carolina, and married him three days later. Like her ha- second husband, Harrelson Lanning was an alcoholic womanizer. However, in this marriage, it was Nanny who often disappeared for months on end. But when she was home, she played the doting doting housewife. (laughs) And when he died, it was said to... Oh, and when he... Hold on. Doting housewife. And when he died, what was said to be heart failure, the townspeople supported her at his funeral. 
So she had everyone fused. She had everyone f- fooled. She realized, you know, if the better the better I made myself look at home, the better it's going to be for when I actually kill this motherfucker. That I will be able to get away with whatever I want to get away with, which makes one hundred percent complete sense. So in this case, she killed her second, her third husband, Lanning, and when 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 she when he actually died, or when when he was buried at the funeral, everyone pretty much said, "Oh no, poor nanny." boo-hoo we need to support her because damn this is fucked up that her husband died all of a sudden i mean i wonder i wonder if anyone had any suspicion not 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 so much doctors but i wonder if friends and surrounding the surrounding community ever had any idea or yeah had some sort of idea that nanny was the one killing that, that nanny killed her husband I always wondered that. I wonder if there's somebody out there, like a nosy neighbor, who who thought that, you know, she she was he, she killed him. It, it would just make sense to me. I don't know. Soon after, the couple's house, which had been left to Lanning's sister, burned down. The insurance money went to Nanny, who quickly banked it. And after Lanning's mother died in her sleep, Nanny left North Carolina and ended up at her sister Dovey's. Dovey was bedridden. Dovey died soon after Nanny's arrival. Hold on. Dude, did you catch that? So the, the couple's house, which the husband left to his sister, burned down. But Nanny collected the insurance money. And then shortly after that, Lanning's mother died in her sleep. How did the mother-in-law die all of a sudden? I didn't even know that the mother-in-law, damn, Nanny killed the mother-in-law again? Fucking hell. And then what's fucked up is she killed her bedridden sister. I don't know. I, <laughs> this lady's raw. I mean, it seems like I chose that one last week and she was killing a bunch of kids. I chose this one this week because I saw that she had killed her husband's. But goddamn, she's killing mother-in-laws too? And then she killed her bedridden sister, her own sister. And then killed her grandkids. She killed her grandson. And then for some reason was able to close off her heart and then end up killing her own sister. Because she, I mean, not because she was bedridden, but I mean, maybe because she was bedridden. I don't know. I wasn't there. Dawes had joined the Diamond Circle Club looking for another husband. She had met Richard L. Morton of Emporia, Kansas. While he did not have the drinking problem of his predecessors, he was a womanizer. Before she could poison him, she ended up poisoning her mother, Louisa, on January 1953 when she came to live with them. Morton met his death three months later. God damn. She killed her own mother. She, she offed her own mom and then three months later decided to finish up the job with her husband. God damn. This lady has no heart at all. Again, does that mean that she was just really, really cold-blooded and cold-hearted, like a sociopath, a psycho? Or is it, do we blame this 1,000% on the head injury when she, that she got when she was seven years old? I, you know, th- that's, that's where I have a problem at. Is like, where it, what, was she destined to be and f- has always been this, a sociopath? And her bumping her head at seven years old, it exacerbated that, that personality? Or was her busting her head at seven years old, 1000% to blame for her becoming a sociopath and killing the people that she did. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. 
I wish I were. I wish I knew something about that, but I don't. So we're just going to speculate. I'm going to blame it on the head injury 100% with, or, or, you know, like, yeah, I, okay, okay, okay. Retract that. I think that she had, she had a sociopath, ten, sociopathic tendencies, but the bump on her head at seven years old exacerbated it to where it, it molded her into what she became at, during that time in the forties and fifties. That's what I think. And I'm sticking to that story. So how does she get caught? I mean, eventually everyone gets caught. I mean, that's, that, that's one of the best things about the justice system all across the world. Sometimes very few and far in between people actually get away, but for the most part, everybody gets caught. So how did Nanny get caught? I mean, I was shocked that she actually got caught. She was doing it on the slip and the slide on the DL, on the DL, on the down low, low, low. She kept it. She kept it so far low that it was underground. So how did she get caught? Nanny met and married Samuel Doss of Tulsa, Oklahoma in June 1953. A clean-cut, church-going man, he disapproved of the romance novels and stories that Nanny adored. According to reports regarding this husband, he made her go to sleep at, as soon as it got dark. So depending on, on what time of the season it was, it might be about 5.30, 6.30 in the evening and then as, as late as 8 o'clock in the evening during the week. So he would tell her, it is dark, you need to go to sleep, that's it and that's all. And he had also said, I am a hardcore Christian man, and so now you are going to become a Christian woman without any issues, and I don't want to hear any lip about it. Apparently, this dude was so hardcore about his religion and about his beliefs, Nanny wasn't allowed to have any kind of makeup at all. He wasn't, she wasn't even allowed to have a fan inside of her room for some fucking reason. I don't know how that relates to being a hardcore Christian. For you Christians out there, why wouldn't he allow her to have a fan? Maybe the noise annoyed him. Who knows? But he ran her life and said, you're going to do what I say, as I say, it, when I say it. Bottom line, there's no questions asked about it. And this is what's going to happen. But I mean, to disapprove of the romance novels, you know, women like to go, women like to like to escape and think about other fantasies. Does that mean you're not going to go cheat on him 100%? No, you're, you're having a fantasy within a book. That's why novels are, I mean, books are so fucking awesome. You can just escape and go, especially the dirty books. The dirty books are awesome. I mean, women and men, I, I, I encourage that. Go, go get some dirty books. No, I'm not talking about like Twilight That's not, or Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm talking about like real, real, there's some real hardcore romance novels out there that are, that are erotic and, and crazy. <laughs> in, September, Sam, in September, Samuel was admitted to the hospital with flu-like symptoms. The hospital diagnosed a severe digestive tract infection. He was treated and, rela- and released on October 5th. Nanny killed him that evening in her rush to collect the two life insurance policies she had taken out on him. This sudden death alerted his doctor who ordered an autopsy. The autopsy revealed the huge amount of arsenic in his system. Nanny was promptly arrested. So according to reports, this husband annoyed the shit out of Nanny. Nanny could not take his, his ridiculous requests, his ridiculous rules. So she, he pretty much got on her nerves and she killed him. She fucking dosed him with arsenic because... He annoyed the fuck out of her. And that was later stated in one of her, one of her reports talking to, to Oklahoma Police Department. I don't understand. If you annoy your, your wife that much to where she wants to kill you, goddamn, you need to change the way you fucking are. <laughs> that, that, makes, that makes no sense. Nanny confessed to killing four of her husbands, her mother, her sister Dovey, her grandson Robert, and her mother-in-law, 
Arlie Lenning's mother. God damn. The state of Oklahoma centered its case only on Samuel Doss. The prosecution found her mentally fit for trial. Nanny pleaded guilty on May 17, 1955 and was sentenced to life in prison. The state did not pursue the death penalty due to her gender. Doss was never charged with other with the other death. Deaths. She died of leukemia in the hospital ward of the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in 1965. How didn't she get charged for the rest of the murders? She must have had a good goddamn lawyer in order not to be charged with those other murders. And she, conf- she confessed to killing all those people, but she was only charged with the, with the Doss murder? I actually looked and looked and looked and looked to find why she was only charged, but I could, unfortunately I couldn't find it. I mean, happening so long ago with, it was such a, a, a bizarre case. It, 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 was, it was difficult for me to find the reasons why she was only charged for the Doss murder and why she was only prosecuted. But, I mean, she got charged for that and, and sentenced to life. They didn't want to give her death penalty because of her gender, but let's go ahead and uh, just uh, spare her life and, and stick her in, in, the, in the penitentiary for the rest of her life. I mean, that, that's, that's basically the best thing to do. We don't want to kill her, though. I mean, she died of leukemia in 1965, which, I mean, it wasn't even better, but fuck, goddamn. So after several weeks of investigation into the death of Sam Doss, Oklahoma police had enough evidence to arrest Nanny Doss for the murder of, of Doss and possibly another. This was, this was information that I, had, that I found after I did most of my research, unfortunately. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to kind of jump around, but this is, this is all part of it before she was arrested. Nanny faced her interrogation with equanimity equanimity on November 26, 1954, when she was arrested. She laughed at the the accusation, always stating, my conscience is clear, I married these men because I loved them. When you can face a prosecutor or interrogation with equanimity, which equanimity, uh, you're, you're just cool, calm, and collective. You're a, you're a chilled cucumber in the vegetable drawer in a brand new refrigerator. You're so cool and calm. You're like the other side of a pillow at night. And then to laugh at the prosecutor saying, yo, it wasn't me. I straight shaggied it. It wasn't me. I actually love these men. I love Hoppo. But you didn't. You killed him. And unfortunately, she was charged with that murder, but they never said that she was charged with, with, the, with the other guy, just, just the DOS murder, which gave her life in prison. So, uh, Graveyard Grumbler, final rap. I know this was a short episode, which, you know, it's fine. Last one, I did a long episode. This week, I'm trying to, I'm trying to condense it. I'm still trying to get used to my, my product or my, my new software. So. And plus, the, the, the information on her wasn't a lot. It was an abundance of information, so I was able to condense it. Nanny Doss is accused of killing 11 people. And unfortunately, her, you know, but I'm, I'm actually shocked that her dad was able to get away without being killed. I thought for sure her dad was going to get off to 100%. But for some reason, he was able to escape death and, and not get fucked up with the rest of the people. But to kill her mother, her grandchild, and her sister is on a whole nother level of, of murders, you know? It, it it's crazy that with 11 people dead, she was still able to only get charged with one murder. But I mean, if you think about it, one murder is enough. She was, she's been, she got sentenced to life in prison. So it doesn't really matter how many people she got charged with. I mean, she got how many charges of murder. I guess, I guess it would be more for closure and justice on the other family's part for all the other people who were killed. I mean, that that's what I would think, but 
I mean, she was already sentenced to life in prison, so she she's pretty raw. I mean, she's up there. That's why I chose her. She's one of the more vicious serial killers. I mean, she was heartless. God damn. Yeah, I know the lady last week, which now I can't remember her name, but the, the lady last week, she killed a bunch of kids, which that's heartless as well. But I think to step it up another notch and kill your own family members, I mean, she killed her grandson when, it was, when he was born, for fuck's sakes. And then to kill her bedridden sister, I mean, her husbands, I can understand, especially abusive husbands. I completely understand when people get killed that way. However, to kill your own family members, your mom, your grandson, and your daughter, I mean, your, uh, your sister, that, that's a fucked up level right there. And that goes back to, do we blame it on the, on the bump on the head, or was it she always has sociopathic tendencies ever since she was a little child? Growing up in somewhat of an abusive, controlling home, it, it's one of those things to where it's kind of, it's like the, uh, the brewing of a perfect storm, and not good shit is actually going to come out of that as as we've we've heard and learned in in previous serial killers and the ranking i give her out of five stars for brutality heartlessness uh brutality i mean it was pretty clean cut so i'll give her two stars on that uh for coldness and 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 wickedness that's a five star she killed her her grandson for fuck's sake that that right there takes the cake when you can kill your, your own little baby family member, that's fucked up. Crazy, crazy fucked up. Uh, overall, I think she's one of the, I mean, she has a right to be one of the notorious serial killers. So, I mean, she killed 11 people. 11 people is a lot of people. Hell, one person is a lot of persons, but 11 people, that's a lot of fucking people. Uh, overall, I mean, th- this was a pretty crazy episode. This is the one that I was supposed to do last week. However, my son wanted me to, to do the baby killer. I don't, I don't remember what her name is at all. I, I can't even think of the, of the lady's name. So last week's episode was supposed to be this week's episode, or this week's episode was supposed to be last week's episode. So now we're, we're here doing it. But overall, uh, Nanny Dawes is, is fucked up in all kinds of ways. It doesn't make any sense how and why she did it. I mean, no one, there, there wasn't a psycho- psychological evaluation. The only psychological evaluation was to deem her sane enough to stand trial. That was about it. Other than that, back in the 50s when she was caught, I don't think they really did an in-depth evaluation on mental health and how or why she was driven to kill. I mean, there were was some interviews where she said that they just annoyed the fuck out of me. And people, I mean, people called her arsenic nanny for, for good reason. She used arsenic to kill her victims. But she was also stated to say that when people annoyed me, I just wanted to kill them and get them over with. Be careful who you annoy out there, <laughs> especially all you married people. Be careful who you fucking uh, you fucking annoy because you might not you might wake up dead one day. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, that's we're gonna conclude that episode. That is the end. Graveyard Grumblers episode sixty seven. I don't know why I said the name of the podcast, but uh, no new announcements. I'm just I am seriously working my ass off for everybody to get this Patreon account going. I know a lot of people are waiting. I am not lying to anybody. I am working on the Patreon. I seriously am. Uh, I just finished up another story last night. I'm starting another one today. I've had a brilliant idea that I want to put down on paper. So the reason why it's taking me so long, every story that you hear, or I'm going to say 98 to 99% of every story you hear on this Patreon is written and thought of by me. Every single story I have been, I've put on paper has been created and written by me. Everything, I, I don't have any outside stories coming in. 
Although I am not opposed to getting outside stories. If somebody wants to send me a story from the outside, I'll be more than happy to put it down on, on the spooky stories part of the portion of the podcast. However, it's taken me so long to get everything going because I want to have a nice cushion amount of stories to put out. That way I don't have to start scrambling and, and leave everybody hanging and people are like, yo, I'm paying five bucks for this. Why don't I have a good supply of stories? I shouldn't have to wait X amount of times in order or X amount of days to give me a new story. So I'm trying not to do that. My goal is to put out two stories a month for the Patreon account because I mean, five bucks, two, bu- two stories, that, that's, that's great. You know what I mean? And it's going to be amazing. I'm putting so much production time into it. I'm putting so much effort and editing into it. But that, that's the reason why I'm taking so long is I am, I am writing every story myself. I am thinking of all of these stories myself. I'm not, I'm, I don't have any, any outside you know, uh, sources coming in to help me put stories in the bank. All of these stories are written and thought of by me. So that is one of the reasons why it's taking me so long. And I appreciate everyone's, everyone's patience. I really do. So on that note, again, the Patreon is real. It's, it's happening any week and any time soon. I'm hoping to have it in the next few weeks. I am working very, very hard to get this shit done. So as always, everybody, I greatly appreciate your, your support. I really do. Please share my podcast with everyone you know, even people you don't know. Just share it on your Facebook, share it on your Instagram, share it on your TikToks. Twitter, wherever you want to share it. That way people can listen to my stuff. It'll help it grow. If you have an iOS device, please go like, I mean, go comment and, uh, and uh, uh, like and comment on my podcast in the Apple podcast section, please. It really helps my show grow. The more, you, the more people that, that put ratings and everything on my show, the more notoriety I get. And so my, my podcast becomes a little more discoverable, becomes more out to, out to, the, to the public name. So Please go like and share, not like and share, but go like and comment my podcast on in uh, Apple Podcasts. Again, only iOS, only Apple users are able to do that. Other than that, there are no other announcements. And as always, like I said before, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Grumbler.